one and welcome everybody to the underpaid underqualified podcast show with your host vincent jaw um yeah so we took a break just because the holidays came by i think everybody kind of deserved that break from 2020 and trying to now at this point just get through everything that's happened so far in 2021 continuation spillover from 2020 but yeah how you doing vince Good. I thought you were going to say everyone deserved a break from us, which I would totally agree with. <laughs> if anything, I think we're probably the least worrisome thing about 2020. That says a lot, too, because we're pretty worrisome normally. But uh, no, doing good. I uh, This is episode 49, right? I was thinking we should start calling out the episode numbers or what day it is, too. So when we've done this for 10 years, we can look back. So January 10th, episode 49, right? Yes. We almost made it to episode 50 right out the gate 2021. Wouldn't that have been perfect? <laughs> yes oh yeah today is episode 49 all right so we'll do 50 or some something special i think <laughs> sounds good but uh i'm doing good i uh I'm, I'm trying to avoid like the stereotype that everyone says like i survived 2020 we did it guys we survived because i don't know it just gets kind of tiring and i don't know already six or ten days into 2021 everyone's kind of it seems like they're already kind of freaking out that 2021 is going to be exactly like 2020 and uh I don't know. It kind of bothers me a little bit. It's like, can we give the year a little bit of time? You know, 10 days. It's, it's too early to call. You know what I mean? We'll see how it goes. But um, other than that, uh, life's going good. Had a good Christmas. Um, went to Missouri. Or, yeah, Missouri. <laughs> I had to think of the state that I went to. Um, but to visit my girlfriend's family. So I uh, went to Springfield, Missouri. That is uh, a very interesting place. It was snowing, so that's kind of cool. But other than that, there really was not anything else to do. <laughs> so kind of just met the family but um yeah i don't think you've been to missouri ever right um i have a friend that actually went to st louis for grad school and she invited me to go like visit and stuff like that and i was like oh yeah totally because bowling for soup at the time like rarely ever came out to um west coast for concerts they're always in that area of like texas oklahoma and i was like oh yeah if i i I enjoy the band i want to see them i'll go and visit you then i came out to the bay area and i was like all right never mind (laughs) Well, yeah, that makes sense. They do seem kind of Southern, but uh, yeah, St. Louis is like kind of the best place to be in Missouri. Springfield isn't bad by any means, but I don't know. It's just kind of, there's not much to do, but uh, it was snowing and uh, some kind of nice nature. So I guess I got kind of a traditional Christmas in that way, but uh, yeah, otherwise just been binging a lot of uh, Cobra Kai (laughs) and impractical jokers. You watch Cobra Kai? I do not. I know of it. I, I heard that it actually is doing super well. Because, like, I think people kind of were just like, oh, a reboot or something right like that. And now it's like a whole thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm a sucker for the Karate Kid. Like, did you see the Karate Kid growing up? No. Actually, I've never seen it. I've only seen the bad. I saw the Kung Fu Kid. (laughs) I refuse to call it Karate Kid. Oh, the Jaden Smith one? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) That's funny. Fun fact. Fun story, by the way. I don't know if I mentioned this before, but uh, the white elephant gift that I did last week or the last month, I should say the last episode that we did, I think I brought last it up. year, <laughs> last week's last year, last last month. Um, Yeah, no, the gift that I gave was a T-shirt of a compilation of Jaden Smith's faces. <laughs> it was just like the most ugly, like splattering of Jaden Smith, like faces on every part of the shirt. At this point, I'm not even going to call you out for being the worst gift. I'm just going to be like, this is so bad that you're just, you wasted environmental resources for this. Dude, it's white elephant gift. That's what you're supposed to do, right? <laughs> yeah, no, you're not wrong. Yeah. That's, but damn. That, as a regular gift, terrible. But as a white elephant gift, just 11 out of 10. Perfect. But, uh, and the person that got it loved it. He was wearing it last night when it finally came. So 
Oh my gosh, I would never worn it. I would just use it as like, hey, I use it as a rag to like <laughs> wax my car. Ah, nice. I like how you tie that and wax your car just like the karate kid. Uh, uh yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, karate kid. Anyway, sorry, going back to it. I feel like it's the perfect like high school story. You know, it's all about bullying and like kind of it's like a rite of passage of like, you know, how to deal with bullies and things like that. So it connects with a lot of people. So I think you should check it out sometime. I'm curious what you think of it, because you know, you like karate and stuff like that, right? Yeah, martial arts in general. Like, I saw a trailer of, like, people kind of fighting. I, I think for season three, the trailer was they were fighting and somebody got kicked hard enough into, like, the middle of a stairwell and got paralyzed, all that good stuff. Um, yeah, spoiler alert. That's a huge <laughs> – that's, like, the big season two finale. But I guess if it's in the trailers, yeah, everybody would see it. Yeah, I'm like, it's in the trailer. <laughs> Ain't no spoiler with that. But yeah. – um, so, yeah. So, I, I was like, oh, this is cool. And I was like, oh, Cobra Kai. Oh, this is Karate Kid? Oh, this is – Oh, there's actually like action in this and not just like plot. Yeah. Well, I'll say actually, okay. So the action in Cobra Kai is not good. It's not like if you're expecting Marvel by any means, definitely no way close to that. Like Ralph Macchio, the, the original Karate Kid, his fight scenes, not to be mean, I hope Ralph Macchio doesn't hear this, but his fight scenes in the show are so bad. I just watch them like, God, like, could you have like limbered up a little bit? Like, could you have stretched a little bit? You look like you have not like, I don't know. It just looks so bad. But, um, so fight scenes wise, if you're looking for that, not the best, but um, I think it's more the story, honestly, because the thing about the Karate Kid is, uh, like I said, it's a rite of passage. It's like it, it's a tale as old as time. You know, kid comes to the new sc- high school, likes a girl, and then a bully kind of intervenes. And then it's just him and the bully going at it and trying to figure out how to deal with the bully. So you definitely have to watch the Karate Kid before you watch Cobra Kai for it to make sense, because the thing about Cobra Kai is it's telling the story from the opposite perspective so the bully's name was uh johnny and mm-hmm. you know for years johnny's been looked at as the bad guy he was the douchebag that John- got kicked in the face you know and then cobra kai the whole theme is like telling the story from johnny's perspective so making not making daniel look like the bully but making showing why johnny was the way he was and like showing how johnny might have thought daniel was a dick and then kind of seeing how their lives pick up after that. And then just it's actually the writing that really makes the show. It's like they they do so many good Easter eggs on the movies that they pick up on and expand upon and just make really like interesting connections to how different things were in the 80s. Like the part of the funny uh, part of the most funny details about the show is that Johnny is just like stuck in the 80s. He like still thinks you're a nerd if you use a computer. He doesn't like know how to do basic things. He's just kind of an idiot. So that's kind of the, that's kind of the humor. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, You might like the show more if you've seen The Karate Kid. But otherwise, if you see The Karate Kid, then I'd recommend it. But I don't know. I'm not sure if you'd like it, but be interesting. Yeah, I think that's the reason why I really not. I never got into it because I never saw The Karate Kid at, uh, at, like growing up. And so, like, I know I had to do with that, and they kind of flipped their whole roles of, like, back then, it was about the kid getting bullied, but now it's, like, the bully who's kind of, like, he's the protagonist, and he's actually not an asshole and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's cool. I, honestly, I really, really respect it in the sense of, like, they managed to flip it, right? They managed to flip the role. And I think anytime when you can empathize with the villain, it, it becomes a better show, right? And so, for example, like, going back on Avengers – People loved Thanos, what they did with him to mm-hmm. the point where was, like there's a cult following Thanos on Reddit. Yeah. Yeah, there's a cult. That's funny. I mean, that's not a cult, but it was just like Thanos was right. <laughs> yeah. I've heard people <laughs> I've heard people find Thanos attractive. Like Thanos' daddy is like a thing on Twitter, apparently, like a hashtag. <laughs> I'm hoping it's more of a joke than real, or else 
I'm more worried with society. I'm hoping it's real. Right? We oh, need dear some, Lord. We, we need something to make 2021 interesting. God, uh, love the chat. <laughs> it's just going to be me on the podcast. Uh, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Long-winded answer. That's how my week's going. <laughs> how about you, Ja? All right. So this week, I've just been playing a ton of Destiny because I'm currently non-score right now. I am focusing on this time. All right. After work, I'm going to play a ton of video games, try and get myself leveled up so I can do certain things in this game. So that is pretty much what I've been doing for the last few days. Which video games? What you Destiny. Say, ah. People will probably laugh at me, but I'm like, you know what? I'm having fun. I'm able to play something on the side, like my comic book podcast stuff. <laughs> Screw you. If you would have said Final Fantasy, I might have laughed at you, but I don't know. That's the only game that I find embarrassing. It's either funny, if you like... Uh-huh. People would say the opposite. People are like, oh, you're playing Final Fantasy. I was like, oh, people are like, you play Destiny? <laughs> Noob. Really? Wow. I'm yeah, so actually. I don't even know what's considered not cool anymore. But I feel like the only video games that there's, I feel like there was always like that video game that was like the big thing at the time. So I feel like growing up, it was like Final Fantasy, Halo, uh, God of War for a little bit, World of Warcraft. And then what was that? Oh, God. There was one other one that I'm totally forgetting. Fuck. Call of Duty? No, it was like in college for us. So like 2012. Ah, There's a few games I could probably say. Like well, anyways, doesn't matter. Dark but anyways, yeah. No, I have, I've heard good things about that game, but uh, is it pretty popular now? Destiny? Yeah. Um. So it's like World of Warcraft, but like instead of orcs, humans, and elves, it's more aliens and you're shooting them stuff. So it's like the whole like story progression. Um loving up your character doing raids doing dungeons for items mm-hmm. stuff like that that's that's the premise of this but in a first person shooter type style game <laughs> and the reason why people are kind of like over it is because these games are very repetitive mm-hmm. and the story isn't the most flushed out yet so like for example world of warcraft they had warcraft 3 which really flushed out the story and they expanded on it whereas this one is like oh here's a brand new story they were only introducing elements over time and since the game is only about it's a 2020, um, even though the game is about probably five years old, seven years old, mm-hmm. the story still is not that flushed out. Mm-hmm. There's still a lot of questions. There's still a lot of where, what is this? What is that? Where did this all originate from? Oh, okay. And so um, that's why a lot of people are kind of annoyed with it, especially since um, it's like people enjoy it and people really enjoy like some of the, the gun mechanics. That's why a lot of people actually still play it. But then when it comes to a lot of like the actual game, people are like, oh no, it's very repetitive. And it's like, why are you still playing it? Oh, it's because it's pretty mindless and I can achieve stuff and I can look cool <laughs> in the game that I can play other stuff in the background. Yeah, I actually feel that. Yeah, mindless games are the best where you don't actually have to like put a lot of conscious thought and you can multitask and do stuff. So I totally feel that. If I played video games, I might be more in that alley too. Yeah, and because like there's a t- there's a few games in there that like I do like to play, but it requires my full attention. So um, good story games like God of War, mm-hmm. it's like okay, well I want to make sure I level up my character properly and I don't miss anything, but also I have to jump back into the story and be like, all right, where did I leave off again? Whereas this is like, um, I manage in a way where it's like, oh yeah, no, it's basically the same thing. I pretty much know what's going on. I can just jump right in versus games like god of war or something it's like oh where was i before what was i doing (laughs) yeah 
There's already too much going on in the day to day. We can't keep up with like another world in addition to this one. Yeah, I mean, there's a period where I, all I played was Call of Duty Light because I just lock in and shoot people. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I have to do shit. Yeah, exactly. Also, I remember the other game I was uh, having tip of the tongue phenomenon on League of Legends. That was it. Oh, that, that shit is not dead yet. <laughs> yeah, no, I remember my roommate in college. That's all he did. He never went out. He just played League of Legends the entire time. We'd invite him to stuff. Wouldn't come. Just played League of Legends. Oh my gosh, there's, a pe- there's still people like that. Yeah, no. Yeah, sounds hey. about right. All right, so going back to our topic. <laughs> Actually, wait, wait, sorry. I have one quick other question on video games. I'll throw it in just really quick. Mm-hmm. Did you watch Samurai Jack as a kid? I'm like, I don't know if that's a video game, but yeah, no, Samurai Jack was a shit. Yeah, not to be. I don't want to sound racist and assume that you watched it because it's about Samurai. <laughs> but um, It's on Cartoon I, Network. Who didn't watch it? Exactly. That's what I was thinking, too. But uh, yeah, anyway, Samurai Jack. There, My friend has a PS4, and he play, he showed me this epic. It's like... If you were a fan of Samurai Jack by any means, you will love this game. Like the graphics almost look like the cartoon as you play it, like so perfect. And just like the seeing like Aku as a like a as a beast that you're fighting, it's like and you can do all these like crazy samurai flips. But yeah, it's a really, really good game for anyone remotely interested who remotely like watched Samurai Jack as a kid. So recommend oh, that one. Nice. Okay. I think you'd, you'd probably like it. Do you have PS4 or no? Yes, I do. There you go. Bam. Perfect. Recommendations. Maybe. Maybe it'll be free someday because for PlayStation, if you have a membership for to play online, you get two free games every month. Oh, okay. There you go. All yeah. right. Look at that. Recommendations. But anyways, moving on to our topic. All right, John, take it away. All right. So our topic this time, since the holidays just passed and movies kind of suck right now in the sense of like, well, we can't go to theaters. It, there's a ton of stuff that isn't like out. So I know, Vince, you watched Tenet recently, but a lot of other movies were delayed or scrapped or whatever um yeah it's pretty still- much tenet in the new mutants were like the only things i noticed in theaters yeah and even then like tenet i think like for the most part people enjoyed it but even then people were like oh wait that was in theaters um mm-hmm. same with new mutants like that flew under everyone's radar like not even my comic book podcast like the two that i follow even addressed it <laughs> <laughs> yeah either it was just too bad or they just didn't care it's so ironic with that movie, too, because that was like the most delayed movie ever that was supposed to come out like five different times. And then it finally comes out like when at the worst possible time when nobody's in theaters <laughs> and people are like, oh, yeah, no, this is going to be different because it's like the horror movie of like X-Men. So it's super revolutionary. Yeah. And like it did shit. Um, yeah. And then Doctor Strange is like, hold my beer. Because <laughs> the next one's going to be a horror movie. Oh, uh, is it? Yeah, it's supposed to be. You know, oh. Sam Raimi's directing it. The guy who did Spider, this the original Spider-Man movies. Really? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> pretty yeah. cool. But still, the holidays came by. Different streaming platforms still showed up, and they released their own few movies. And so, a few of you people right now probably know what we're talking about. A couple movies that came out on uh, Christmas Day. You know what they are, Vince? No. What were they? Wonder Woman and Soul, and. <laughs> I, believe, I only saw them. <laughs> yeah. And what was it? Sound of Metal, which is a definitely not something that like people are really super aware of, but definitely still came out on Amazon's platform. Yeah, uh, Christmas Day. Thanksgiving. Yeah, Christmas Day, Wonder Woman 1984 came out on HBO Max. Um, and that was like the shock, I think, because that came out both on the streaming platform and in theaters. And I... I don't know. I'm yeah. I I think it's pretty. I think going into it, nobody expected the theaters to do that well. But 
Uh, box office has actually been pretty disappointing, so it hasn't been doing too well. But it's kind of like the first of its kind, you know. This I don't think that's ever happened before, you know, streaming and movie theaters the same day. Yeah, it's definitely like that's the things that people are like, oh no, this is a terrible idea. Um, oh no, this is um, what am I going to do? I think Mulan was like another one that like it came out in other theaters everywhere else, but then it didn't come out like in theaters in America because of COVID and everything. And so mm-hmm. it came out on Disney Plus, and it was until Christmas time. And they became a free for people. That was like the shit that I parodied. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm trying I to look agree. at the box office numbers for Wonder Woman, and it's like it's only made 118 million so far in terms of box office. Yeah. It's I mean, I, I don't I have no idea how that would even work with the streaming numbers too, like what kind of income they get for like X amount of streaming numbers. But I've heard that like both on streaming. If you like factor in everything like streaming numbers and the box office numbers, it's kind of disappointing. But I mean, that could be largely attributed just to like the state of how things are right now. There might, there seems like there's probably less awareness about it too. I think Wonder Woman, people knew about Wonder Woman. Like it was advertised a lot. Um, you think so? I kind of think that like, I don't, I don't know. I felt like some friends still didn't know about it that I talked to, but you think it was advertised pretty well? Either I'm way too ingrained in the comic book world, but I think it was advertised a lot. Okay, fair enough. Um, so it's still at a loss then, because if it's only made about, let's say, let's round up to 120 million, it costs two million to make this movie, or 200 million. Yeah. Well, you could, t- you could tell too when you watched it; it looked like a very big budget movie, two and a half hours around that time, something like that. Oh my and- gosh. <laughs> but uh otherwise yeah soul was the second one came out disney plus right came out disney plus this one wasn't like mulan where they said hey we're going to have it for free i don't know we're gonna have it where you pay 20 bucks or 30 bucks to watch it and then we'll make it free for other members later on um this time they're like no free for everybody yeah i had not heard about this movie till like the day of christmas everyone's like talking about it something you could watch but like leading up to it i had no idea because i mean i don't know i'm not too ingrained in like the disney like pixar kind of movie stuff like I think Inside Out was the last Pixar movie I saw. Uh, oh, man, that was a tearjerker. Have you seen that one? I have. Yeah, that one hit the heartstrings. But, uh, yeah, Disney Plus. So, okay, so Wonder Woman for HBO Max, uh, Soul for Disney Plus, and then Sound of Metal was uh, – technically, this didn't come out on Christmas Day or anything like that, but when we talked about this episode, we talked about reviewing the Soul and Wonder Woman 1984, and I had heard good things about this movie, Sound of Metal, so I thought we would just add it in there. So, I don't know, pretty good variety of movies, right? You got, like, one superhero movie, one Disney kind of, you know – is it Pixar? Yeah, uh, Pixar. Yeah, Pixar movie, and then one kind of, like, indie movie about, you know, seri- more serious stuff. I so, mean, the movie came out roughly around Thanksgiving, so. Yeah, exactly. So without further ado, would you uh which one you want to go into first, Joe? Let's sandwich it. Let's go with Wonder Woman, Sound of Metal, and then Soul. All right. I got an idea too. What if we like start what if we both started our reviews in like one sentence? So our one sentence summary of Wonder Woman. Like both of us see how different it is. Sure, let's go. All right. All right. So my one sentence review of Wonder Woman. Basically, it didn't flow right, which made it really weird to watch. Yeah, I would just my one sentence would be it's kind of aligned with that. It would probably just be weak writing. <laughs> I don't know, just disappointing. Weak writing, semicolon disappointing. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like what they did with Spider-Man three with the Raimi stuff like that. If for everybody who don't remember, it was like they had Hobgoblin, they had Sandman, and they had Venom, all three different characters. 
which all kind of like lacked a little bit of identity. It was very difficult to juggle all of them. It's like, we try to justify the importance of every, all of them. And it's like, I can see why they're important, but I can also at the same time, like you didn't develop it enough where I cared. Um, yeah. yeah, totally agree. I felt there was a lack of like, and I've even seen other reviewers say that where they watch the movie. And they're just like, during the big emotional moments, you're like, I don't feel anything. Like you guys haven't like made this. So I should feel why this is impactful, you know? Yeah. And I think it's like, it's, it's kind of crazy because they had the original director, Patty Jenkins. They had Gal Gadot, everyone who uh, casting choice, everyone agrees is amazing, but still this movie didn't do well. And Pedro Pascal, who like right now currently is a fan favorite because of like his role in game of Thrones and Mandalorian Mm -hmm. um, playing this. And you have basically like Chris Pine coming back the whole love interest. And it's still like, Oh, it was weird. Like the only thing that I care, like the whole tear drinking part I liked was like Chris Pine's part. And even then it was like marginally good. Yeah. Do you mean the part where he like had to disappear? Spoiler alert. Oh yeah. Just, just for, uh, we'll be saying spoilers throughout just for anyone who wasn't aware of this. Yeah. So like, um, like I liked him cause he was like, he was level headed. He was grounded, but also like people were like, wait, Gal Gadot's wish was like to see his boyfriend. That's stupid or something like that. I forgot they're like downplaying the whole entire Chris Pine thing. And I'm like, you got to realize that like she's been lonely for like these past decades. And yeah, she's and he practically was, immortal. Yeah, and he was like the, the significance of their relationship in the first one is he's like the first guy that like shows her the whole world, the, the modern world at that time, you know, and he's like the first guy that she makes a connection with. She's been living on this like Amazonian island. So he's the first dude that showed her this way. And then they also had that connection and then like living alone and then like not having them. That's, I mean, I think I would wish for that shit if I were her. Exactly. And it's like, she probably made friends along the way, but then it's like, it's at the same time kind of different because they showed how like she was being harassed all the time and she was trying to live her life as Wonder Woman as well. So it's like, it just didn't like for her, it's difficult. And it's like when some people are like kind of downplaying the whole relationship thing, I'm like, Oh, this is adorable. This is precious. And then um, when like he disappeared, I was just like, oh, that was kind of sad and kind of sucked. Even if I didn't have a relationship with Chris Pine in that way, I would just wish for him to show up. Wouldn't you, Ja? Um, I would say that, yes, in a way, maybe I'd be friends with him. Yeah, he'd be He's like a good guy. Yeah, exactly. You could. I don't know. You could shoot the shit with him. Have a good have a beer. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I, I mean, for me personally, I forget exactly what your thoughts on the first Wonder Woman were, but I personally really liked it. Uh, I wasn't sure what to expect. I, I wasn't sure if, like, the agenda might be too strong of, like, trying to downplay that, like, oh, this is a woman's job. Men can't do anything, you know, but I really felt like it wasn't pandering at all. You know, I felt like it was, like, just a very natural way to show a female superhero in a not pandering way. And um, I think the story was well written. It was cool being a period piece. Uh, I know the end gets critiqued a little bit for being kind of CGI oriented, but funny enough, actually, Patty Jenkins recently was on a podcast and basically said like, yeah, I didn't want that at all. Like I told the studios, like, this is the end we're going to do. Are we good with it? And they were like, yes, yes, yes. And then at the 11th hour, they were like, okay, we need a big CGI ending. Can you add it in? So that's kind of why it didn't work out so well for anyone who like knows about that. But yeah, otherwise I like the first Wonder Woman a lot. So I was kind of expecting like same thing, but yeah, it just felt like, I just felt a, like a dud in every type of way, like the CGI, the action, the writing, you know? I think with the whole... Um, so I know very little about Cheetah. Um, 
I do know that she's like one of the arch nemesis of Wonder Woman and definitely in the early days, like back in the 50s, all the way up, I think probably up to the 80s or the 90s, she has a very prominent role. And for this, it's kind of like they they lowered her significance. It's kind of like, okay, well, they did the whole Marvel thing. It's like one and done, like one movie and the chance of them coming back as a villain, less than likely. Yeah. And it's like, okay, cool. And even the cool fight scene, I saw, I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. It didn't help because I was watching on my iPad, so it was kind of small. Mm-hmm. But then it was just like, this fight was kind of lackluster. Another spoiler, when she had, she donned on her armor, which was supposed to be super badass, like this whole legendary thing. Did the jack shit. Yeah. And it's like, do you need armor to beat Kristen Wiig? <laughs> the chick from Bridesmaids. Come on. Like, that's another thing. I was already kind of weird about Kristen Wiig in the role. And it's like, I didn't want to like instantly judge her for it you know like sometimes comedic people like do well in serious roles but there was a little bit of like that's i don't know kind of interesting casting and i to her credit i think she played the part well but i don't know still a little bit weird you know what i mean why couldn't they have just gotten a regular like kind of action star yeah so like honestly i think she did a good job i think so people i think some of my friends were like making fun of it. it's like oh yeah um actually they weren't making fun they're just kind of like alluding at like oh compare that to cats <laughs> and i was like oh, no i think they did a better job with this and like her actual role in it i don't think it was bad it was just the actual role the way it was written yeah like she didn't do a bad job it yeah. was just the way it was written was just we could just done away with you yeah and 100%. the movie still would have worked yeah totally agree because i i'm kind of tired of that trope too with that type of character where it's like they start out as like a meek and like weak meager like uh, underappreciated, looked down upon person, like nerdy person who then suddenly comes into this power and is like now stronger than the like protagonist that we we're supposed to have thought was so special and powerful. You know, like they like they've done that with uh, Iron Man three. They did it with uh, what's his face? Uh, God, I forget his name. Uh, Jesus, <laughs> the uh, you know what we're talking. You know what I'm talking about, right? The flame guy. Flame guy. He uh, Jesus. All right, I'm gonna actually have to look this up. But in the meantime, I'll say another one. Uh, they did it with Amazing Spider-Man 2. Did you see that movie? Oh, yeah. Uh, Electro. Yeah, Electro. That was basically, the, I mean, more or less the same exact character, kind of, right? Yeah. So, oh, yeah. No, it was literally the whole glasses thing and, like, was, like, nerdy. And, oh. um, Aldrich Killian was the Iron Man 3 character. Guy Pierce. This one's a little different, I think. It's, I mean, it's not 100% on the nose, but it's a similar thing where it starts off underappreciated and then, like, becomes this, like, evil villain for whatever reason. So, I don't know. I'm not, I'm just not into that trope as much. I, like, I prefer a villain like Thanos where you, like, meet them and they're already badass and you, like, feel like, like, I feel like I respect a villain, not respect, uh, more like, I take a villain less seriously if there's this thought of, like, an hour and a half ago, you were weaker than me, you know? Yeah, no, with Thanos, it was more like, um, it was kind of like, I, I'm trying to be a hero of my own story. It wasn't like the whole, like, I'm going to take over the world and destroy it. I'm going to, um, like, the whole that trope that you're talking about. It was more just like, no, I'm a, I'm trying to be a hero of my own story right now. Mm-hmm. Get out of my way. Yeah. It's almost no. like an anti-hero, but not really. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, does, does that trope too bother you of uh, this, the Jamie Foxx, Electro, and then the Kristen Wiggs character thing here? Or was it just the writing that bothered you more with her character? I I don't... It doesn't bother me in the sense of, like, I've seen it so much that it's like, oh, I expect that from a superhero movie, right? That's, like, baseline standard. 
Yeah. Um, and so when it goes from there, it's like, okay, well, what can you do with that? Right. So maybe they could have made her like more prominent. Whereas Electro, it was very like, well, he died in Amazing Spider-Man 2. And in mm-hmm. this case, it's like, spoiler alert, she loses her powers. There's technically no way of getting it back at this point. Yeah. And so I was like, well, she's killed off. For the people who can't see what I'm doing, air quotes. But um, yeah, so it, it then becomes it's like, okay, well, you could have done it where it's like she becomes a reoccurring villain later on, like a whole Goku Vegeta thing where um, you have an antagonist who maybe comes back as a rival later on or becomes another hero, which in this case wouldn't happen, but you could have given this person a more compelling story. Yeah. Yeah. She was evil and that's this, a- dissension. That that's another good thing I didn't think of that like recurring thing. I didn't even think of that thing so much, but uh yeah, that's a good point. I um I uh I was gonna say something, but I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> um feel free, yeah, feel free to continue. So and then the other character, Pedro Pascal, which is currently right now a fan favorite in the um Hollywood sphere. The I think with his role as Maxwell Lord, so he actually has a superpower where he can push thoughts into you people kind of like influence them and stuff like that kind of like a little bit of mind control going on in this case spoiler well not even spoiler he has no powers and so kind of there's a story in the comic books where he was very prominent in is uh brother i or think of skynet they have this robot security thingy and it kind of goes haywire and so it develops like a way to basically control people. And so it controls other superheroes, make them into cyborg android thingies, enslaving them to rule the world. Um, Maxwell Lord killed a not beloved character, but definitely a fan favorite character called Blue Beetle. And so for people who don't know him, he's not very famous, but people who watch Young Justice know who he is. And since Young Justice does have some prominence in like non-comic book world people as well. And so it was kind of just like, okay, well, they used him. I feel like they, it looked like, like, it was a waste. Yeah. Like That's what they a, did with him. Yeah, you always know the comic book backstory way more than me, but, so, that is interesting. I didn't know the Blue Beetle thing or hit the, the brother connection, but uh, as far as his superpower, the wishes thing, did they do that in the comics at all, where he got the wishes stone, or do you know if that was different? He never had something like that. That That's, if anything, that's more like either, it was mentioned as a one-off thing in a com- in Wonder Woman story, or they just threw that in kind of thing. Okay, because I was gonna say the wish. The other thought I was gonna bring up earlier was the wishes, the like the the writing focusing on like the wishes being a central thing to the plot. Like, I think that's kind of weak. I don't know. Just like there's a stone that can grant any wish. Like like Dragon Ball Z does that, and it's you know a show that kids can watch growing up, and like you know we look back on and still watch it because it's fun. But like. For a movie like this, I don't know. I, I felt like when I heard that the plot was like there's a stone that grants any wish and the guy can grant any wish, I felt it was a little simplistic, you know? Like, like that's the best like you could come up with? Like, it almost seems too easy. Like, oh, we can explain this happening because somebody wished for it, you know? It's like, I don't know. I felt like it was maybe not 100% earned like a plot device like that. Um, I don't know. What would you think? Actually, yeah, no. I didn't think about that until you brought it up. And that's just lazy writing, the whole yeah. wish thing. That yeah. was very lazy writing. Yeah, that's how I feel. And like, at least like certain things weren't clear too exactly with how the wishes worked, you know, like, because I thought maybe like once everything got undone that everybody would forget what happened, you know, because basically whatever day that was in 1984 is 
more chaotic than anything that's happened in 2020 or like or 2021 week. yeah the expansion it, pack <laughs> yeah exactly it's it's like I mean, like, and so are we supposed to assume in the DC universe that like 1984 just had the weirdest fucking day, like in all humanity? <laughs> it's like us. in the future in 2030 in real life. We don't talk about 2020 <laughs> in their universe. We don't talk about 1984. <laughs> yeah, no, apparently. And I, you know, it's interesting, too, because I heard like I was wondering, I'm like, is Bruce Wayne like what's what did Bruce Wayne wish for 1984, you know, but or Clark Kent or whatever. But um, I they, mean, timeline wise, they were either very young or like not yet conceived yeah exactly so like oh wait no 84 well i heard it's interesting because i had a friend who's like super up on this stuff and he told me that patty jenkins purposely tries to not write in the extended universe like she writes tries to write her own like solo movies and i kind of get that but then it's like are you kind of being a little difficult because <laughs> like there are other movies that are in this universe you got to be a little bit considerate about it, i guess but i, I mean Actually, I would probably support her on this one just because if you think about how the DCU is really fucked up, um, it's a mess. So it's like, well, right now we have the whole um, Robert Pattinson Batman movie that's coming out. And it's like, okay, well, what era was this? This was his early days, but we got a different actor. Um, and then you have Ben Affleck who's going to reprise the role, but then he's like, oh, he doesn't want to be Batman anymore. So it's like, okay, well, that's going to be kind of messed up. And right now, Cyborg, the actor that played him, he's actually gone and they don't plan on recasting him at the moment. Yeah. That's like, true. He's written out. The DCEU is a mess for sure. Uh, but I just feel like this actually makes it messier. It's like, she's doing the opposite strategy of like, not like going along with this universe and trying to like, stop like trying to like build her movie out based on not trying to build her movie based on the universe. But by doing so with this method, it kind of just makes this weird enigma of like, apparently in 1984, there was a day where just, everything went batshit crazy i don't know like that similarly that's kind of seems like weak writing to me just to have that and just it not be acknowledged i don't know it's a little weird yeah i can see that um but also like in the comic book world people always sometimes complain like if you think about it if superman showed up in this one scene it would solve world peace or like at least like this problem for let's say green lantern or something like that right Mm -hmm. and it's like okay well they have their own stories they're busy with their own shit yeah that's true there's yeah. that, but like, no, I've heard that argument before. Cause if you think about it, if you have the Justice League doing every single like small issue for each individual superhero stuff, their problems would have been resolved much quicker. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Or like, I was even thinking, like, if you would have got Captain Marvel in like to find Thanos at like Guardians of the Galaxy or whatever and just kill him right then and there, there would be no Avengers Infinity War, like Endgame, anything like that. Yeah, pretty much. And yeah. Uh, and yeah so with the whole wonder woman thing it's it felt so lackluster it was just like okay i only watched this and it was enjoyable in the sense of like it helped me pass the time with my family besides that i am okay never coming back to this movie again yeah i don't know this even the action wasn't that great like there was that train scene when they're in the desert i thought that was probably the best the highlight uh not the train sorry truck scene where the trucks are going haywire in that car chase scene that's probably the best action scene, but I feel like that CGI fight at the end, like you said, uh, a little lackluster. <laughs> there was a meme. I don't know if you saw it. It was like Wonder Woman 1984 fight, and then it had like Goldar from uh, Power Rangers, <laughs> that character, versus like Cats, like the, the movie that came out last year <laughs> or two years ago. That's the thing is that like you see Wonder Woman who's like she does have the ability to fly in the comic books. Earlier on, she didn't, but then it became like. And in the comic book, she does have magic powers now. They, like, completely changed her story. Mm-hmm. But before then, it was 
like she didn't have magic. She she was just the child to degree at one point. They changed her story a lot. Who was like the daughter of Zeus. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, okay, cool. And I think they're trying to allude to that. So, like, where she was, spoiler alert, she was fucking being Spider-Man and catching lightning and flying with that. Yeah. Like the whole flying concept was like, oh no, it's just floating in the air or some shit. I don't remember. Some magical thing. Yeah, below the clouds or something like that that Steve told her or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know how you made that connection that you became the you have the ability to fly. Does this mean that you if you believe hard enough, you can breathe fire and stuff? <laughs> um and then she's like, Okay, I can propel myself as I'm flying. And then there's a lightning storm that happened, and it's like, Oh, I'm going to start using my lasso and catch the lightning and drag myself and pull myself. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't get your consistency here. Yeah, the flying kind of jumped the shark a little bit when they went to that direction. I almost it, I almost don't even fully register it as a critique because like it hasn't hit me. But if I really think about it, it is like, wow, she really just like out of nowhere started flying. <laughs> like that's that's another case of kind of like like lazy writing. I don't know. It just seemed a little too easy. Also, this is a super minor critique. But do you remember at the end when Pedro Pascal's character like uh, undoes uh, undoes everything that he's done because or or I guess basically loses and like realizes the error of his ways. And he like, all he wants to do is find his son. Do you remember that part? Yeah. And then he just magically goes outside and his son is right there. Okay. What the fuck? Like this shit like that. That's kind of weak writing. Like of all the, like, how does he just like magically appear there of all the places in the world? Right. Josh Whedon, that you, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't but You know what I mean though? Moments like that are all over the movie, right? Yeah. That's why it just felt it didn't flow. Right. It didn't, nothing like the the kid was adorable yeah i can't tell what his ethnicity was because he looked almost southeast asian and like pedro pascal is like south american so i'm like yeah <laughs> i don't get it he was adopted maybe but I mean, uh, that's cool but it's just like I, I i just don't get it yeah to be fair though to give one like to do a pro con thing i will say i thought the uh the airplane thing i was like okay i accept this this is an okay case of writing you know because it's like how are you going to do an invisible airplane but the way they handled it with Steve and then like her like channeling that power. I was like, okay, I'll accept this one. Yeah. So it goes back into like, there's certain things that like when you make a superhero movie, yes, it's all fantasy. And yes, it's like, you can explain away with certain things, but like, there's a way to integrate it where like, it makes sense. And I think, so like you said, the whole flight thing um, made sense. The whole visibility jet thing makes sense. But then when it comes to the whole, like, I'm going to literally ride fucking lightning, like (laughs) Spider-Man. Like some people say, well, holy, she's a superhero. It's a fantasy movie. No, it just doesn't fucking make sense, even in a comic book. Yeah, I agree. Like, so, there's some like level of consistency within that universe. I forgot what example I mentioned this, but I think this is like that perfect example. Yeah, it's like you got to have some set rules, even though it's fiction. You can't just have anything happen. You got to have some set rules of like what's more believable. So, I think we're gonna give a thumbs up on the airplane, thumbs down on the flying, <laughs> thumbs down on the movie as a whole. <laughs> yeah. All right. So at a scale one to ten, what would you give it? Not ten, nine, eight, seven, <laughs> or six. A five? Somewhere five, maybe a five. I, I think, think five I might be it, a little bit on the gracious end. I think I'd give it like a, a six point nine or like a seven. Ah, sixty-nine. There you go. <laughs> Subconsciously. <laughs> uh um, you dirty fuck. I'd say maybe six point i don't know like a c minus or d i'll say that you know what i mean like because it was entertaining you know what i mean like if nothing else because stuff happens but 
it was just lazy writing. Lazy writing feels mean. I don't know if it was lazy or just misguided, but I don't know. Just pieces didn't come together this time, you know? That's the thing is that like with if you compare it to all the DC movies, I'm not going to compare to Marvel because that's just its own character category at this point. Just compare all the different DC movies. Like Man of Steel was enjoyable. Batman versus Superman is like, yeah, it's it's okay. Could have been better. And then you have Justice League where it's just like, what the fuck happened to this? And then you have Suicide Squad where it was just like, oh, seriously, were you just on drugs with this? This one, if you were to compare it to all that, it was just very like, eh. If you thought they were on drugs with the first one, you're going to think that even more now that, uh, what's his face, uh, James Gunn is at the helm. <laughs> just- okay, there's some people where it's like, oh, I, I, I get my artistic talent from taking acid and then they for some reason shit out art that's worth 10 million dollars and there's other people who do acid and they shit out shit <laughs> i'm just that's saying the podcast. that's the quote right there that'll be on all of our uh, magazine covers <laughs> i'm just saying that there's a level of everything's fucking different and we'll see hopefully james gun does not fuck this up but no when it comes to wonder woman it just feels very meh to me yeah i I don't know dc i mean dc were kind of making a comeback i feel like the like i said i think the first one is still a really good movie i'll stand behind that movie i think that was well done uh aquaman i didn't see that but a lot of people said it was good suicide squad i did see i didn't think it was as bad as people made it out to be but to me it's almost like tiktok before tiktok because how many goddamn songs were in that movie you know what I mean? like every scene like a popular mid-2000s 80s 90s song would play like I remember when that Eminem song played or like ballroom blitz, like it almost felt like it was an excuse just to like show off a lot of songs. <laughs> oh, it was, it, it was very, I forgot what movie they're trying to copy off of like guardians. It, they very tried to copy guardians of the galaxy because guardians of the galaxy did the whole remix volume, whatever one and two, which people loved. And they definitely did try to steal that motif. Yeah. Um, the thing is that they did it poorly with poorly written characters. Like I didn't care about anybody. Like, they talked about how they had a character named Slipknot who people point out that character was in there just to be killed off because the bombs work. Mm. Um, so that's what Suicide Squad was. It, it was basically just an advertisement. Um, yeah. Like how I'm going to steal this is that it was basically like a Hot Topic commercial. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And like, I mean, the Guardians of the Galaxy thing is like that. The the cool music was like written into the movie because he has this whole mixtape. So that's a like that makes sense. But in the case of Suicide Squad, it wasn't like there wasn't this like breaking the fourth wall with the music at all. So it kind of just felt a little it felt like frosting, <laughs> you know, like just eating a bunch of frosting and sugar. Just like like occasionally we need a scene with like no music and like some dramatic shit happening. You know what I mean? We need a cohesive plot that wasn't trash. <laughs> That'll be good too, I guess. But uh, the <laughs> is overall, that asking too much? Uh, it depends on the director. <laughs> Michael Bay, yes. Um, anyways, yeah, I guess we move on to the next one, right? All right, the next one. Would you want to introduce us, Vince? All right, Sound of Metal. So, oh, give me your one-line opinion, and then. Oh yeah, Sound of Metal. Um, you know, actually, I'm going to give a little like I have a forward on this. I'll give like the background on like why I picked this movie. So, you know, I mentioned I watched that show Impractical Jokers. Yes. Yeah. I don't know if you recall, but it's a really dumb like he's like it's it's just a fun, dumb show to watch where the premise is basically four guys who are friends do like they pose as like regular people in public. I don't know, like a cashier or like doing a survey. 
and then they'll have an earpiece and the other three guys will tell them dumb stuff that they have to dumb and embarrassing stuff that they have to say. And if they don't say it, they get a thumbs down. And if you get, if you get the most thumbs down, you get like a punishment. So that's kind of how every episode goes. It's like, it's just like a fun, dumb show. Like I said, like, like really they have to do a lot of embarrassing stuff. And uh, one episode, I promise this will all tie together. <laughs> one episode, um, two of the guys, this thing they had to do was they had to pose at a grocery store um, as deli clerks. And the challenge was that they had to both claim that they had the most embarrassing, they had the more embarrassing way that they lost their virginity. <laughs> and they had to find a random stranger and the random stranger had to like tell them which story he thought was more embarrassing. And they had to make up their stories on the spot. <laughs> and there was this guy named Darius who was the customer that walked by. And like in the history of the show, he's like known as like one of the more memorable, like, like get like kind of random people that interact with the show because he like he kind of like kept it real with the guys and was like telling them which story was really more embarrassing and uh one day i was randomly looking up darius i was like darius and practical jokers because i was looking for that clip and then i see like he has a wikipedia section i'm like huh that's weird like just a random like civilian has a wikipedia section and i look and i'm like this guy's a fucking director like <laughs> he just happened to be a guy that they picked on a practical joker just walking by but he's actually a director and like has written films and what film did he direct last year? The sound of metal. Isn't that crazy? It's funny when you said last year, I was like 2019. Oh, 2020. Oh, sorry. I always mix up what year came. <laughs> no, I mean, no, what you said makes sense. It was just yeah. like, Oh, I'm processing that's 2021. Yeah. So I don't know. That might've been a bigger coincidence for me, but that's kind of weird, right? Like this, like of all the people they could have got, they got this director of this movie. I don't know. I mean, there's always those random instances. Like I saw a video of like a kid was trying to sell candy bars, right? And uh -huh. it turns out like the it was the 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 voice actor for Bart Simpson, <laughs> and oh. she was like, "Oh, hi!" And then she starts breaking into character, or yeah. And so he was just like, "Uh, he's like a teenager, right?" So he's just like, "Oh, cool impression," and she's like, "Oh, do you really think it's an impression?" And starts to keep talking, and he's like. <laughs> oh yeah it's pretty good and he's like well have you ever met the voice actor do you even know like what that person looks like and she was like shake my hand and he started shaking he's like oh my gosh you're actually the voice actor <laughs> that's pretty cool nice yeah. yeah i guess that shows you can always meet famous people like that but uh this guy he i mean he's not the most famous he also wrote uh have you heard of the movie called place beyond the pines nope well anyways i like it a lot it's got ryan gosling bradley cooper really well-written movie super um super well executed i recommend i'm not sure if you like it but uh you might i don't know <laughs> i feel like that's the way it boils down to every time i recommend a movie to you not sure if you like it but you might um but anyways sorry super long backgrounds but just wanted to introduce that's kind of why i thought of this movie because that came up and i heard good things about it but uh after watching it i think my one sentence review would be uh i wanted to like the movie a lot dot 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 but unnecessarily slow how about you, Joe? Uh, so, all right, my 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 sentence review. So, for people who don't know what this movie is, it's pretty much a drummer who loses his hearing. And my review of this movie is artistically good. Um, I need to be in the mood for it. Yeah, I think that's fair. That's that's funny. I thought you would hate the movie, <laughs> but that's that's good. You appreciate like the how like if you're in a looking for a more artsy movie, this would work. 
Yeah, and so like for me when I was watching it, like I had to play kind of in the background thing because because I couldn't really sit still because it was one of those movies where it's like, oh, Vince recommended to me, and we're talking about it on the podcast. I want to watch it, but then like as I was watching, it's like I can't really get into it. I need to. I, I started cleaning my room and doing chores and stuff like that, and like I watched through it and I got through it. And when I saw it, I was like, I really appreciate it. And I think what the the casting choice was amazing. I think the person really portrayed like people I can see, like living this life. Yeah, Riz um, Ahmed, for anyone who's seen Rogue One or um, other stuff he's been in, Nightcrawler. Yeah, and so, like, when I saw it, I was like, oh, I could totally see you being a drummer in real life kind of thing. Like, I think I know somebody like you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, seeing, like, the progression, like, I, I kind of hate him as a person in the movie in a sense of, like, dude, can you stop being an asshole the entire time? <laughs> Spoiler, he's a fucking asshole throughout <laughs> the movie. But, like, but at the same time, if you think about it, it's like, well, he just finally got his life together and he lost his livelihood effectively yeah. because he can't do that anymore he he it's kind of like telling a um a programmer like you're like a part of your brain cannot think the way anymore because you can't program anymore or like whatever reason somebody like who enjoys that field or a person who is an artist it's like well literally all your limbs are broken so you can't draw anymore yeah i'm trying to think of an equivalent way of like well you're deaf you can't do it anymore yeah, because um, exactly. yeah, he's like he has this uh, two-person band with his girlfriend, and they live in an RV. But they're making ends meet, and he's you know he's really passionate about what he does. He's super into it, and he seems happy. But then you know the hearing starts fading away, and you just see this like frustration and panic that, understandably, anyone would have in that position. You know, I'm almost like surprised he didn't freak out more <laughs> in the movie. Because if it were me, I'd be like breaking down, crying. You know, probably. And I think it became more of like, he doesn't accept change. And I think that really for some people that resonates with them is that they can't accept change. So like in the progression of the movie, you could see his like aversion to it and how like the help center that he was working with, they, in the end, they, they throw him out because of his aversion to it. And just some of the, the decisions he chose to make. Yeah. Um, yeah. Spoiler alert. Uh, basically in the movie, he kind of goes to a rehabilitation clinic slash a place where, um, Deaf, ple- deaf people can live like without any you know implants or anything like that and they use sign language and don't treat like hearing loss as like a illness or anything like that or like a handicap and at one point he he's like really bonds with the community and like kind of adjust everything there but then he had, tries to scrounge some money he sells his rv to be able to get cochlear implants so he can hear again and in doing so the person that had taken him in is like you know he seems really tortured when they're having this conversation, but he basically tells him like, you know, the whole crux of like our foundation of our community is that like, we don't treat hearing losses, you know, a handicap or something that needs to be fixed. And you've done that. And like having you here with the other people, like seeing that it just wouldn't be right. So I can't have you live here. So yeah. And then uh, by the end of the movie, you kind of see him like kind of learn that because the cochlear implant doesn't sound super crisp. So you don't see, feel like he's satisfied. And the last shot of the movie, he basically takes it out and it's just him kind of adapting to the silence. And that's how it ends. So a couple questions or one comment, one question. Is that how that hearing aid thing works? Because I don't know. I don't know either, but I'm assuming it was true. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it varies from person to person, but I would assume it'd be true. I mean, in a movie like this, they really seem like they wanted to get it right. You know what I mean? Because I heard the director talk about, you know, how important it was to kind of shine a light on the deaf community and like show the kind of stuff that would happen. So I, I would just assume it's true. Yeah. So I assume it is true in the sense of like, well, every, like you said, every human is different. So like when you throw in a freaking neural implant, I, I assume that it's going to work 
half 75 percent of the time it's going to work 100 percent of the time kind of thing <laughs> yeah That's um a good way to put it. yeah so and the comment that i do want to make is that like you see the progression like spoiler alert with his girlfriend where she was like trying to do the best for him and like they were good for each other at the time and then you could see how like she kind of grew up at towards the end of the movie like you don't see her progression but you can see the result Mm-hmm. and how it's like okay well she's like oh yeah we can totally go back to our old life but like you could tell that like she was like already matured yeah yeah like, they didn't really expand too much on it but yeah yeah they spent time apart and then in that time apart they kind of went their separate ways for obvious reasons she she moves back with her parents and kind of gets you know less punk rock you could say yeah it's like uh, well i think her dad is loaded as hell so like she went back to her old life not necessarily like it's bad to go back to your old life but like um she understands that her i guess i'm some type of maturity they didn't really expand on it but like you could tell that something happened something clicked and you she you kind of would have to expect that from him from a significant other now yeah totally yeah, it, it, it's a very, I think that's a very accurate representation of what happens. People, if people spend time apart, they just change and then they kind of come back to each other and they're like, who are you? You know? And so, yeah, it's not like they weren't going to make it work, but it was just like, well, he, it, it was to show the comparison of like his aversion to change and her adoption to change. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. He, uh, I, well, actually, I think they both changed in different ways, you know? Like, he but well by the very last scene of the movie he changes in accepting to be like kind of embrace the change in his life with not being able to hear and then she's changed by like going back with her parents and like adapting more to that lifestyle you know um just to add on to that it's that like well he had a thing of like not necessarily maybe change but clinging like he's very clinging on to the old life he wants to go back to the old things he wants to uh everything back to normal which is in a way like yeah change but his because his attachment to that it's like um he refuses to do anything else kind of thing yeah and yeah. it's funny because this actually ties into the review because i mean my one sentence review was like i wanted to like the movie a lot but it just felt unnecessarily slow so i felt i think it was a good movie i don't want like you said artsy is a good way to describe it like well done um but i can't help but feel like they could have constrained them um conveyed the message without as much kind of like kind of slowness like they could have i almost would have expected more moments of him breaking down and like you know like really not reacting well to this i uh, strangely enough i felt like we didn't get a whole lot of that so i didn't feel it as much his like angst because i mean for like have you ever seen the movie whiplash no i have not well, anyways, it's a movie about a jazz drummer who kind of you see just like the tension of like wanting to be good at something and like doing the best you can and just like all the trials that come a little along the way. And I, I kind of uh, maybe this is my fault for having an expectation, but I was kind of expecting like him to just like kind of get back to drumming in some way. And like I expected it to be like drumming is the only thing I've ever wanted to do in life. I'm not going to let this get past me, but I'm going to find a way to adapt to it. But it was more he like kind of gave up the drumming for obvious reasons and kind of changed his lifestyle based on that. So I guess that kind of surprised me a little bit, but I don't know. I just felt like maybe they could have done without as many kind of the slowness just didn't feel hundred percent required. But I mean, some people might say that it would be, but just for me, I don't know. I felt like you could have kind of conveyed the same message 
but picked up the pace a little bit or added a few more dramatic intense scenes. This movie I felt like is very similar to a lot of other movies that I've seen, like the the way it was recorded, the way it was um, filmed and the progression. So I, I for me, it was just like, all right, we're going into the artsy fartsy realm. That's how I kind of perceived it. So it's like, yeah. I don't think there's really much I would change for me. And it's really just like, all right, I had to be in the mood for it. Like I was in the mood for what I, I think I was in the mood for more, um, not in the artsy fartsy kind, but like more of like, I don't know what I was expecting. I guess a little bit more, not as dark or not dark, but like not as like moody real. Yeah. Yeah. That, that said, I think, I think it's actually as, even though I didn't like agree 100% with the pacing and how slow it could seem at times, I think uh, it's a, it's a good movie to make for this kind of thing, you know, to shine a light on something like this. Cause I don't, I can't think of another movie that like talks about this kind of subject, you know, cause progressive hearing loss is a thing. Like, have you seen the Creed movies? The, the spinoff yes. of Rocky? Yeah. Like the you remember Tessa Thompson's character, like she has progressive hearing loss, and then um, in the second one they have a kid, and then the kid they test if uh, she has hearing loss, and then you find out she does. So that's the only other time I can think of like the, them touching on it in a movie, you know? Yeah, no. So I think it's good that they're shedding light on this, and also like making this in a kind of movie thing. So I, one of the examples I did want to bring up was like let's say that you're mute, or you somehow you become mute, or somehow you become blind. You can't be an actor anymore if your trade was acting. Yeah. So like what what this does is uh, it really shows what kind of the possibility of what one goes through mm-hmm. of losing losing any of these things. Like there's there's a pastor in my church who has uh, Parkinson's. Right. And so like I listened to some of his messages from before he had Parkinson's. And so I met him when he was diagnosed with this terrible disease. Mm-hmm. And so seeing that, I'm like, oh, that is a stark contrast. Damn. And so, like, for some of my friends who have been at the church longer, they're like, oh, yeah, no, that's what he used to sound like. It's really depressing to see wow. the difference from what he used to be, like, super energetic. He used to, uh, like, was active. I mean, he wasn't – I'm not sure if he was the most fit, but he was definitely active, right? Yeah, um, yeah. To now, who's just, like, he can't do much anything. Mm. And it's like, oh, shit, that the progression of, like, being able to do something, and then now you can't. Yeah. Yeah, that that's always rough, but I think the movie that the one thing that I never knew from the movie was like that there are I not that I never knew it but I never thought of it, but that there's like a community like they had there where it's like only deaf people and they treat it or they kind of see it as something they don't look at it as something they're trying to fix. They like embrace it, you know what I mean, and just only do sign language and just kind of all live together and have like their unique way of living. Like that's pretty cool, you know. It's a cool thing to think of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyways, so uh, grade. What would uh, what would we grade this? I'd say uh, for what it is, I give it maybe an eight, seven point nine. You know, I'd give it an eight. Eight, yeah, yeah. I've, even though I didn't like love it as like I didn't feel like it was my movie. Like for what it is, I think no one's gonna say it was a bad movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not a bad movie. It it literally is. At the end of the day, like, am I in, was I in the mood for it? And clearly I wasn't, but no, it was a good movie. It wasn't a bad movie by all means. And like, if you say it was a bad movie, then holy fuck, what are your standards? But (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I feel like objectively I give it an eight, but for me, if I have to just talk about like my subjective standards, I'd probably give like a 7.5 just because that slowness that I mentioned. But yeah, otherwise, I don't know, no major complaints. 
I think I probably would rate it higher if it's like purely based on objective, but if we're throwing a little bit of bias, just because like I it, it was one of those things where I was like, I was just not having a good time, man. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not a fun watch. It's uh I, the title was very misleading. I was like, all right, metal drummer, here we go. This is a right up my alley. But uh I didn't pay money to feel feels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. you paid money for it? No, I didn't. Uh, okay, I was gonna say it was on Amazon Prime. Yeah. <laughs> if I had to pay money for it, I'd be like, I'm gonna watch. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can talk about Santa metal. I'll skip that one. Uh, anyways. So one last movie, you want to intro that one? Yeah. So this last one is soul. So I think this one is like for a lot of people it's, um, so what it is, is like for Pixar, what they did for, um, for feelings, they did, um, inside out, basically how mood, how memories work. That was one, their portrayal of that for soul. It's like their portrayal of like what the soul is. And for me, it's that like, that's pretty much a summary of it. And so my one sentence review of it was, um, I enjoyed it, but it was meh. <laughs> you know, it's funny. That's very uh, interesting because my sentence is not too far off from that. Uh, the exact sentence I wrote down was it was solid dot, dot, dot. But I strangely felt like something was missing, you know? Yeah. And I know a lot of people did like it and they did appreciate it. And so for me, it's like the first half was very, okay, we're rehashing later to the same story. Oh my gosh, we got in this weird um, situation. Now we got to go and rush because we got this time limit thingy uh, of getting to this concert to perform. But then now it's like, oh, we have all these toxic-turvy, like cartoonish events that happened. It was very like the same thing over and over again. And I got kind of like, I could have skipped this first half, honestly. I, okay, I could have skipped like that second half of the first half yeah yeah i i you know the bigger thing for me actually when i was watching it the first half i was fine with i was like i felt like i was like along for the ride and like cool with it it was more the uh i just felt like the ending i guess um i guess we should give some background so basically it's about a jazz pianist um he's a piano player right yes (laughs) all right and he um he has been a teacher teaching jazz, but he never had his like big break. So the thing he's always wanted to do is like playing a big band. And he finally kind of gets a shot um, at the beginning of the movie, he finds this person who decides to like, let him play at the show. And it's all he's ever wanted in his life. He's had some struggles with his mom where his mom um, doesn't exactly approve of his lifestyle. Cause his dad was also a jazz musician. And uh, basically he still like is, gonna go through with it gonna do the gig and super excited for it but then i think he falls in like a sewer and then passes away and goes to this afterlife world where he you know appears as a soul and uh there's this mentor relationship that other spirits have and he meets this person that he has to mentor for whatever reason and he uh the mentor has like been mentored or the person has been mentored by like gandhi all these like you know amazing people and like has not like uh, I don't know what what's the goal. I guess has not been like seen yeah, the light. So these souls, they have to like basically find that spark in order to come yeah, to the real the world. Spark, yeah. And so what these mentors do is that they f- help them find that start spark for like a reason to live almost. Yeah. And all these different famous people, like they had Mike Tyson, they had Sigmund Freud, they had Gandhi, and Mother Teresa. But then nobody was able to get through to the soul. So then this person can find the soul can actually go into the real world and become a human. Yeah. And then so kind of continuing off Vince's story is that like, well, this, the protagonist finally did uh, found a way to like uh, get back into the earth. And they have like a freaky Friday where um, 
the soul that he was mentoring ends up taking his body and he ends up taking the soul of a cat. It's funny because they show the cat dying and going to heaven, but then the cat comes back to life for some reason. But um, Spoiler alert. And really also, weird. That bothered also, me a little bit. And it's also funny seeing Tina Fey's voice on a you know, middle-aged black guy. Because <laughs> why not? Wait, what? Yeah, because uh, Tina Fey. Her, you didn't know that was Tina Fey? For who? Which character? That was the 22. The the soul. That's Tina Fey? Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was super obvious. Oh, shit. I also okay, binged well, 30 Rock, so maybe that's why. <laughs> that's probably why, because I don't see Tina Fey in too many things. Like, I know of her. But yeah, no. Um, Yeah, so. So, yeah. yeah. And then it goes. Are... Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, it goes from that and then, like, him, like, oh, he finally got his dream and it turns out like it's not everything he wanted and so he tries to go back to find his um this soul that he previously mentored which then was trying to save that soul and help that soul then find their uh purpose for living yeah because the, the soul that he's trying to mentor is called 22 and then she goes back and basically she says that one she basically finds uh, in the process of her being in the black dude's body i shouldn't say that was his the character's name I jamie forgot. fox jamie jamie fox's character's body he uh she kind of like finally finds her spark she's like i have my purpose you know and then he's like no you don't have a purpose he's like just give me my body back so i can like play my thing you know he's like she's like but i want to like walk i want to exist he's like those aren't actual purposes those are just things you do and um so he kind of like hushes her aside a little bit so she goes back and then he plays the gig like you said and then doesn't like find that satisfaction he's looking for so he goes back and then long story short basically um i don't know helps her (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right yeah so like in, in good fashion it was a happy ending and so like any really disney movie and so like why i think that this movie is good is that it's like i think they tackle certain things of like the 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 protagonist's life of like well i want to live my life i want to be able to do my dream and I finally did it and i think a lot of people really struggle through that when they try to live when they really settle for different things so like some people may want to become artists actually you know this is literally the same example they want to become an artist but all they can do is teach art for people who want to be a musician they can only teach music for people who want to play basketball at a professional level they can only be um a coach a coach or who wants or some people like who want to work as a uh what's the name engineer so a little bit more real world but ends up being a air air conditioning repairman for whatever reason, whatever reason, it could be anything. Yeah. And so I think it really does that and paints that. And so it was funny because I was talking to a mom and she was telling me how like, oh yeah, her kids, they liked it for the funny scenes, but they're like this movie, I did not understand it. So this movie was definitely geared towards adults, yeah. like more so than any other movie. Yeah, strangely enough, it almost feels like Pixar movies are like, I feel like more adults almost. <laughs> I know that's not true. You know, obviously more kids watch these, but it almost feels like adults have this new appreciation of Pixar at this, I don't know, this time in the world, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like not that big. So it's like, oh, okay. All right. So this movie is definitely more geared towards that. Uh, and so, which is why like in the beginning, first half, it felt very, I mean, minus establishing the universe going on the whole um adventure part it was like oh, this is like the same adventure again and i didn't really enjoy it at all it was just it just seemed like another cartoon movie not generic to me but then the whole the way they addressed it and really tackling that where it becomes more relatable that's where i liked it a lot um that's where i think they really brought back the movie yeah uh, for me 
Yeah, I think I think it's interesting because watching it, I think it was fun enough. It had the good characters. It had the likable animation, like the good kind of like popcorn movie laughs that you'd expect in a Pixar movie. Um, as far as the message, to me, the biggest thing, the message that I basically get is like they're basically saying like, don't fall into destination envy, you know, where you think like my life will be perfect if I just have this one thing. Like all I need is that one thing I've been working for and all my problems will be gone, you know, and then often you get that one thing and then you're just like, well, damn, this isn't what I expected. You know, this is not as satisfying as I got thought. So it's like, basically they're just kind of, it was almost like, <laughs> it's almost like a meditative movie. It's like, they're like encouraging you to live in the moment rather than kind of just like have a checklist of goals to accomplish. They're just like, look for the stuff that makes you feel alive in every moment. So in a way it's like subtly, like almost like promoting like meditative thoughts, you know, mm-hmm. But um, and living, I guess just living in the moment and feeling excited day to day and just not feeling like your life will be saved if you have one thing happen. Um, I don't know. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think it's definitely like a feel good movie, right? In that sense. Um, and so, like, I mean, that's just their their way of describing the soul, right? I think it's a little bit oversimplified. Uh, it's kind of weird, but I think that's just really how they personified it. Um, and how they said it, like, oh, I am literally just a figment of an imagination in a sense of, like, in order to explain something. Mm-hmm. That's literally how they categorize it. And I'm like, okay, cool. They preface that, like, two or three times. Uh, and that should not be the concrete way of describing the soul because it's so abstract. I mean, it's a little weird when they hold talk about the whole zone thing or in the moment. That's a little fucking weird. Um, but also, if you think about it, it's like, oh, yeah, that's actually kind of humorous and that's actually kind of similar. And I can see that. But yeah. like they also transcend into a different plane. That's also weird. Yeah. Yeah, I felt like that stuff didn't get me too much. I just felt like, the, the like you said, the, the soul, like the rules of how the afterworld work and all these things are definitely like unique. But uh, I felt like Inside Out might have done a better job with like, you know, their kind of like rules in the world that they build, you know, for like getting on board with what was happening. But uh, I think the biggest con for me like i don't think this was a bad movie by any means i think i would just i'd say it was solid overall but it just felt like like huh i remember when it ended i just felt like that there wasn't another scene so i think the biggest thing that was missing for me is like i almost wanted like a little more than like i the final shot spoiler alert is him kind of being back in his body the main character and like just having this look on his face like all right i can live like the future's unwritten i can do whatever i want i got that spark you know and then I, I guess I thought you would see him kind of like following that a little bit more and like seeing what he does now that he has a spark and then seeing him reconnecting with 22 at some point, you know, and then like they're all like they give each other the nod, you know, I thought that might have been a cool ending, but I don't know. No, it would have been cool if like he saw like the birth or something like that, because it's like there's no way he would see 22 like or no, I, oh, I guess what you're saying is like maybe some down down the road. Yeah, they run exactly. into each other. Yeah, I was kind of expecting that. I think that would have been like even more happy. Good luck feeling whatever. Yeah warm feels but um you yeah so this was very carpe diem it was very kind just like i could see that and it i mean it wasn't bad and i think it did a good job at like making people feel good and have hope and hopefully like send that good message yes but it was very like all right that was pretty much it (laughs) yeah exactly like I think I think they were really trying to go for this thought of like the future's unwritten, you know, just find that spark and follow it. And then anything can happen. You know what I mean? But that is kind of like it's like a gamble taking that move because like you're really kind of sacrificing like 
resolving a totally loose end of like wondering what happens by like emphasizing this message that the future future's unwritten. So having that scene where he just kind of look opens his eyes and looks at things, it really hammers home that thought that like anything can happen. I can do whatever I want, you know, type of thing. But it also there is this, like when you're looking just at the story, you're like, oh, but what happens after, you know? So I don't know. It's like it's almost like an artistic gamble that I kind of respect that they took, but might not have 100% paid off for me personally, you know? Yeah, no, like 100%. I think it's weird. All three movies are very on point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we have a like disagreement. We... This is why yeah, this we... podcast is boring. <laughs> this is going to be what 2021 is all about. We just agree on everything. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is a sign of the end times. Usually we have more of a debate. No, yeah, so... And it's funny because we weren't over the moon about any of these movies. <laughs> like we have kind of a critique on each one. We're just like, eh, it's like, that's kind of more or less the review for each one. Eh. Yeah. So first movie, blah. Second movie, it was good. Just not my cup of tea. Third movie, it was good. Still not my cup of tea. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, well, we got to review the number. What would you give uh, Soul as a grade? Probably an eight. Okay, so I think for for Sound of Metal, it was more artistically well done. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, so I would give it like an 8.5 kind of thing. Whereas like for Soul, I would give it like maybe a 7, 7.5. Oh, wow. That's lower than I expected. I'd probably go 8.3 because like at the end of the day, even if the story didn't 100% nail the landing for me personally, uh, I'm sure I connected with a lot of people. I actually have a lot of friends who like were like, oh my God, it's amazing. Like, um. Yeah, Nicole. You remember Nicole, my friend? Oh my gosh, I feel like she would say that. That was amazing. I'm sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, she really did love it a lot. But uh, I know she listens to this, so it's fine. <laughs> um, but uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, for me, I'd give it like an 8.3 just because at the end of the day, it still is like a well-done Pixar movie. Like the characters, the animations, the graphics are well done. The voice acting is well done. It had like a fun world. The characters were distinct and like good kind of popcorn kind of laughs that you could get in a you know, Pixar movie like this. So yeah and i applaud them like trying something new you know kind of going that uh inside out uh inside out attempt of like you know inside out dealt with emotions and how to grow up and this dealt with like existence and how to find your purpose you know going deeper yeah so i definitely do agree that like the art i think is like stellar I think it's very detailed. They put in a lot of effort. So I can only imagine like, cause I do know a couple of artists and like, they're no, by no means like Pixar level, but like the amount of work that they, and effort they put in just like their art, I can only imagine how much effort they put into Pixar art. And so like, it's definitely well done in that sense. I think for me, it's that like, because it was like a half the movie was pretty much predictable and like a normal cartoon movie. That's why it was like, all right, I'll knock it down based on that bias. But like the whole message, the whole like everything well done to it, the creativity, then yes, I, I'll raise it back up. So that's why it's like, okay, I'll, I'll give them both an average out eight. <laughs> They're both objectively good, but that's where my biases come in and knock it or push it. No, that's fair. Yeah. I always feel like it's always hard to just like review things. I feel like for me, I always have to review it like objectively, like did it set out to do what it like meant to do? And then, like, subjectively, did I like it? You know what I mean? So it's sometimes hard to distinguish between the two, like, ways of judging something. But I don't know. Oh, overall, <laughs> I guess it's, like, not a terrible way to start 2021 because we didn't hate any of these movies. But, but like, they're all kind of meh. This feels like a very purgatory start, you know? <laughs> it felt very, like, after looking at all of them, it's like I could have done – I could have used my time differently. <laughs> 
Yeah, we got to find some movies we like hardcore disagree on for the next episode. Like, <laughs> oh my god, if something very polarizing, we just yell at each other and get upset. <laughs> like Infinity War, I think that was the most epic <laughs> that we ever had. No, there's also X Men. Um, oh yeah, Days of Future Past. So those are like the only two were like very polar, but everything else is very like, eh. Yeah, we mostly agree. I think actually, it chapter two, we kind of agreed a little or disagreed a little there, right? Yeah, <laughs> I think I like. Wait, did I like? have the same similar opinion as your brother no he hated it for a different reason he hated it because he thought the logic did make sense you i think you just thought it was a feel-good movie right oh yeah it felt very feel-good movie <laughs> <laughs> i'm not going to engage uh it's funny how we just went from one breath to uh to soul to eight chapter two <laughs> so, anyways all right so thank you for listening to the underqualified podcast i think we're definitely a little bit longer on today but hey that's the makeup for the lack of episode in between yeah, we had one episode last month, so yeah, we're packing in on this one. But anyways, uh, not sure when we'll be back. I guess two weeks, right? Yeah, no, we're we're going back on the whole like two weeks a month, uh, no, two two episodes a month, and yeah. So I think this will probably be our more lighthearted topic. We'll come back with a more serious topic, and we will talk to you then. Stay safe. Please don't get COVID. Stay indoors. Don't go out doing shit that you shouldn't be doing. All right. Take care. Goodbye. Where's the pause button?